reason why we moved here. Sounds awesome. Sounds awesome. So no beers for you? I didn't no. even think to ask. No, I am solid on that. <laughs> Probably for a couple of days. <laughs> I like to party hard and then just feel like shit the whole rest party of the Party hard day. or hardly party, you know? There's grass on the field, stay out of the kitchen or whatever the old saying is. I've never heard that before. <laughs> grass on the field, play ball. There's heat in the kitchen, stay away from the octagon. I don't know. Sounds like solid life advice. Mm. <laughs> it's not confusing <clears throat> at all. No, as you know, Chuck Palahniuk states in his book, consider this. Don't use borrowed words. Don't use borrowed phraseology. And that leads us into the newest edition of the Mistakes Were Made podcast. Welcome to the Nightmare Box, bitches. My name is Brett Bloom. I'm sitting across from the beautiful, the effervescent, the horrifically hungover, Kristen Pennington. <laughs> <laughs> I had both of those jokes planned while I was smoking the cigarette. The first one landed flat. The second one worked. <laughs> uh, I feel a bit better now, though. That's good. So, there's that. Because <laughs> yeah, you drink a cup of water once a week. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> had a nice breakfast, which immediately made me want to vomit. Yeah. And then sweated all the toxins out of my body in a way too hot bath, and then chugged water. There so you go. You got there in the end. I still feel mildly like I'd like to die, <laughs> but not like I need to do it right yeah, this Yeah, now it's just because it's muggy outside, yeah, and it's, there's, it, it's inescapable, and we, we forgot that we don't have central heat and air. We've got a window unit. Yeah. <laughs> we could turn on, but uh, it would be way too you'd rather listen to the pleasant ambient noise of the fountain than... <laughs> um, but yeah, I've got a few things that we can go over today. Uh, our big thing, I think, for this week is Kristen bought a $15 grill. Did. And so we have been grilling the shit out of some food. <laughs> so it's been pleasantly, like, really nicely surprising. Like, yeah. I definitely only bought it to take with us for camping. Mm -hmm. I was, like, I assumed we would test it here first to make sure that it worked, and now... We have grilled for three nights in a row, and yeah. I think I just want to grill every meal that I eat for the rest of my life. <laughs> Tonight we're making Alaskan, no, not Atlantic salmon. Alaskan salmon, I'm guessing, is way more pricey. But Atlantic salmon, we got some big fillets we're going to toss out there, figure out what sides we're going to use. Um, make those up on the grill, have a nice early dinner. It's going to be fantastic. It's how I'm we're excited. celebrating on the Saturday, <laughs> your Friday. But whatever. Yeah, and we had grilled, like proper grilled steaks last night that were yeah. to die for. I bodied everything that I put on that <laughs> thing. And I, I I haven't grilled in maybe 10 years, so I'm, I'm happy that there's still a part of me where it's like, okay, yeah, all right, I've got a feel for this. Don't panic. Don't, because that's a, it's a patience game, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm just happy to be back in it. Even the sides you've been making with it, like the girl's too small for us to really fit the sides in there with it most of the time, but you've been making sides Yeah, it's sides just a little, are, like, two-foot grill for you guys that are yeah, out there. Yeah, it's tiny. It, it's literally, it comes to Fred's <laughs> ankles. Um, <laughs> but, like, you've been making sides that we've never made before that are kind of, like, meant to be grilled sides, yeah. and those have been having to go in the oven, but even those have all been fantastic. Yeah, so I don't fuck around. killing the game lately. <laughs> We did that, um, and Kristen has also been on a camping binge, because we're supposed to be going camping. There's a very solid chance that uh, one of the episodes next week is going to come to you live from a tent. Hopefully. Yeah. So if you we might, don't get just totally rained out. So you, the, in the background might be a lake, you know, more birds, 
Hopefully not a screaming 15-year-old, you know, who's mad at his dad. Jack's barking every five seconds at everything. Yeah. We'll see how it works out, and if it goes live, it goes live. So we might miss one next week. We might go camping next week. It's more or less depending on the weather. So Yeah, it's supposed to... I am off all of next week for once, which is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and Brett uh, still only has his select days off, so... We have, like, a tiny window that we can try to go do it in, and, of course, it's supposed to rain during that tiny yeah. window. so we're going to wake up that morning, kind of see how we feel, you know, for that day and the next morning, and then we're going to probably record something for you. I'm not quite sure how we're going to do it yet. Might be a little wonky, but fuck it. It'll be fun. Brett Get to explain the Montana wilderness as first-timers <laughs> out in the woods. Brett bought a little cast-iron skillet, so we may be having yeah. breakfast at the campsite. <laughs> Eggs and bakey. Have some s'mores. Mm -hmm. I don't know what we're going to do for dinner. Maybe burgers, just because they're Probably easy. burgers, because <laughs> um, of the two things that I've made so far, and the one thing I'm planning tonight, the burgers were the greatest burgers I've ever had in my entire life. Did you prefer our old way of doing steak better, or did you like uh, No, I just, I overcooked mine, mm -hmm. personally. It came out really well, like I was blown away by it, but I like an, you know, a medium rare that is almost rare, like that almost red to the pink, you know, is my go-to, and I cooked them too long on the grill, because I've been used to cooking them on the stovetops. So. Yeah, like mine medium well to well, so mine was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I murder my steak. You have to sometimes. It. I don't, because uh, I'm not a savage. <laughs> I'm a classy individual with a two-foot grill. Oh, and oh, Jax, Jax is dying. trying to die. Don't do it, bud. <laughs> so we might be recording that. Um, and I've got... Uh, you haven't looked at the notes, have you? you I have not. Okay, I have no cool. idea what's on there. I'm going to try to guide us around, but you're the sober one, so don't let me go too far off in one direction here. Oh. Reel you back in yeah. since we're uh, making salmon all in camping and yeah, fishing and <laughs> you having missed, fish. You missed the fish part. <laughs> You're like, since we're going camping, and it's like, no, because we're eating fish. Well, you want to get your fishing license? I do, I do, I do. But alas, because of the COVID and the winter, we've uh, not even got our driver's licenses yet. So I might have to miss out part of the fishing season here. But um, the other big development for this week. As I burp into the microphone, is uh, Kristen, after 15 years, has finally seen the pilot to the great show Dexter. Yeah. That's the enthusiasm I was hoping <laughs> you were going to come with. I was going to ask if you wanted to do like the second and third episodes, or maybe we just skip the whole first I, season and I can explain it to you. I'm willing to give it another go. Like, I yeah. wasn't so disappointed by it that I was like, God, this is the worst thing I've ever seen, mm -hmm. or anything like that. Like, I wouldn't chuck it in with our two stars by any means. Um, I think my problem with it is it was such a hyped show. Like, everybody yeah. talked about how awesome it was and how incredible it was, and for whatever It gets reason, way better. You have to believe me there because I hope it, so. it was a premium show, so it was like you had to go to like Showtime or HBO, whichever one it was on, and you had to pay a subscription just to see Dexter. Yeah. And so, as the money from that started to come in, the production value goes through the fucking roof. I hope it gets better because yeah. otherwise, all you people have kind of low standards. Yeah, no, the problem <laughs> is the final season. The, the final maybe two seasons are just what the absolute shit yeah. is going on here because it. it it lined up with the writer's strike that I think that we've talked about on the show before. And so they basically had nothing but Jeff Lindsay's novel to go off of. Yeah, which I've heard that too. I've heard it kind of tanks at the end. But yeah, I think my problem with it is 
that was my perception of it. It was such a highly praised show that was kind of like the bandwagon thing. Everybody yeah. was on and everybody was watching. And for whatever reason, I just never got around to watching it. And um, I think when so much time goes by for digital films mm-hmm. and digital TV, unless it was just done what, very well. What do you mean well. by that? Like not recorded on film? Yeah, like, so not recorded on like film. Like the 80s and 90s yeah, type stuff? To be fair, there are movies that were recorded yeah. on film that didn't age well either but uh i think in particular digital got hit harder because it's such a rapidly changing and growing medium mm-hmm. that the technology that people were using whenever we first switched over to digital really isn't relevant anymore yeah the big thing that i hated about this um and i love dexter i'm a, a big fan i've got all the books i've you know huge fan when it came out remain a huge fan but i forgot how technicolor like that pilot oh, it's is so bad it's like, are we making miami vice like what are we aiming yeah. for and to be fair it's a tv show but like i think i've gotten spoiled by some of the stuff like the netflix documentaries we've yeah. been watching recently or the way mindhunter looks like there are like they're gorgeous stunningly like movie quality tv shows out there yeah. these days and i think if dexter had been filmed now where you know, that would but, be the move yeah. if Netflix wanted to fucking push the gates because it, it wasn't so long ago that you couldn't still use Michael Hall. Like you could actually just use the same crew if they're all still around and kind of in the same shape and then just redo <laughs> the show. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know. I'm willing to revisit it. I'm not yeah. writing it off just because all we've done is the pilot and most of the time the pilot's not that great. Even the pilot of The Office, which is a show that I love, is mm-hmm. kind of bleh. Um, but... Yeah, I, w- I would love to see what it would look like now with like the modern mm-hmm. version of technology that we have for the digital medium because it, it just looks so bad. Like it that whole felt... two thousand to like two thousand and ten, like right when this shit became like the mainstream, is wonky. Like everything is yeah. kind of weird looking. Like the quality of the film doesn't, or the quality of the picture doesn't really look that good to me, and the lighting doesn't really look that good to me. You can tell there are shots where. I don't know if they tried to color correct it because it was too yeah. dark or what, but you can tell like it just ruined the color of it. And is that your main problem? Is yeah, the way that it, it was shot? Yeah, it looks so unattractive, and like mm-hmm. the camera never just sits and breathes. Like there are some like There's, beautifully tense moments yeah. in Mindhunter, for example, where nothing is happening except two people are sitting across from each other talking, mm-hmm. and the camera just like hangs in that moment, and it's so tense, and you can feel the tension in the room. And with Dexter, we're literally watching him, like, cut people up and kill people. And, like, he's hunting down a murderer and a head's getting chucked yeah. at his car. And there are a lot of, like, really kind of traumatic things happening packed into this yeah. one episode that we've watched. And none of it felt particularly tense to me. It felt like the camera couldn't... Like, it was like a kid with ADHD, mm-hmm. like, running around all over the place. The yeah. camera couldn't figure out where it was supposed to be. Like, even the duty takes out in the pilot, which, if you've not seen it, you've had 15 years. If Kristen could get around to it, you can get <laughs> around to it. Um, <clears throat> but he kills a different dude every episode. That's kind of his thing. In case you didn't know, Dexter's a serial killer, but he, he only kills... two in the pilot. He only kills bad guys. Because he kills the politician dude first, but we don't see that on camera. He, he digs up the bodies of the three boys. Oh, the, he's like yeah, begging for yeah, his yeah, life. Yeah, that's the one I thought. That, who's the other one? He kills the dude that killed the wife. It was like the Hispanic overweight dude. He like. Oh yeah, kills him in the construction yeah. yard. Um, <laughs> but you build up so much time with this 
you know, priest or politician or whoever he was who, you know, killed these three boys, <clears throat> that itself should have just been, you know, the pilot. Yeah. It's like, that should have been your side character, because you do rush so hard into that construction worker kill, where it's like, I don't know why you're doing this, except to get the cool line, you know, dogs don't like me much, yeah. <laughs> like when he breaks into the dude's house. But you could have sat in that kill room, I think, you know, modern day audiences could appreciate that. I don't know if you could in 2005, because yeah. things were just starting to speed up with social media, Yeah. you know, but I think you could have just sat in that kill room with him, which is what they do in later shows. They'll have a guy on the table, and there, there's a lot of that pregnant pause, like, it happened one time in this show, and because of how <clears throat> fast everything's going, I think he's talking to LaGuardia, is it? Is that when it happened? I can't remember. But one of them says something, and then there's just like a 10-second, nobody says anything. And it's like, that's what happened. Is that when he says, happened. you creep me out? Or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. But it happens, you know, and because of how fast-paced it is, that one pause meant so much. Yeah, and like, I don't know. It, it is, my problem is mostly with the way that it looks, and you and I had that conversation. It's mm -hmm. like, maybe I'm biased because technology has changed so much technically the camera that i shoot with is no longer really relevant yeah. either because my camera only shoots in 1080 and pretty much everything's 4k these days but um there i mean i don't dislike the premise of it by any means but there were some moments in the writing where i was like uh like yeah i don't like his dynamic with his sister and the pilot like mm -hmm. his sister looks like an idiot and she gets a lot smarter. Yeah, and, like, their relationship's kind of weird. She just seems, like, I don't buy that she's a cop at all. I'm like, mm -hmm. you're too stupid to have made it this far. Well, at first, you didn't even realize that she wasn't a hooker. <laughs> like, you didn't come into... No, I knew like, his You're like, is she a, a prostitute? No, it's like, she's playing one. I she's assumed pretending. she was undercover. <laughs> uh, no, I knew she was a cop, but, like, I don't... Like, I don't buy that she's a cop, and... Mm -hmm. Like, the show with the narration on top of it is very explainy. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I was not, to be honest, impressed with the pilot at all. And I think part of it is because I'm seeing it so, so much long farther since down it released. Yeah, yeah, I feel like maybe if I'd seen it at the time, I would have been like, oh, this is so new and, you know, it's changing the game or whatever. But, like, now I'm just like, oh. Okay. Wait until, like, we get a little further down, and I believe his name's Masuka, but the Asian guy that Dexter works with, um, he is a giant red flag for HR. That's all he is. Like, I'm, I'm excited to see, because we've changed so much culturally uh, here in America over the past 15 years, uh, how Masuka's character plays out post-Me Too movement, you know? So you can't just say that to a woman. He says some hilariously misogynistic <clears throat> shit directly to Dexter's sister. <laughs> that is one thing I do like about, uh, we've recently started watching New Girl as well, which I've never seen yeah. either. That is one thing I like That's about. That's your doing. <laughs> yeah, guess whose idea that was, people out there? They're like, Brad has no soul. I love New Girl. Zoe yeah, Deschanel is. is like the new Jim Carrey. I, I'm <laughs> fucking I'm blown away. I don't know what she's done since New Girl, but I loved the original couple of seasons. <laughs> but um, Schmidt's character is kind of a douchebag yeah. too, but all his friends are constantly calling him out. They're like, oh my God, you're such an asshole. <laughs> Put some money in the douche jar, you know? So I like that. Like, those type of people really do exist out yeah. in the world, so to never have those type of characters in movies or TV shows is they had honestly them in the disingenuous. Office. Yeah, Michael Michael's Scott. friend. 
No, Michael's friend. Michael but, Scott was also though. Yeah, but his buddy that just kind of comes into town and like fucks all the girls at the local bar and then flies back out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but they but they still even in the office have yeah. those moments where everybody else is like, oh god, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, Are you guys really? We're not. I like break the fourth wall a minute, you know, and they're like, look, we know this isn't cool. We're playing fun, <laughs> but you know, and not to use them as kind of my jumping point for the next thing. But what I like about Dexter is the complexity of character. So I've got a couple of characters, and then I just realized that you probably haven't seen much of any of these shows. Uh, But what I like about it is you've got a serial killer vigilante. I know, guys. Hot take from 15 years after the fucking thing came out. Um, But you've got a serial killer vigilante um, who works for the Miami-Dade Police Department doing, you know, CSI-level shit. Mm -hmm. Um... He only kills the bad guys. He kills people that I would kill, <laughs> you know. Um, and I learned today while I was doing my little Wikipedia research of the of the topic um, that this started out on Showtime and then moved to broadcast networks instead of staying all the way through. And there was apparently an uproar back in like '07 or whatever um, regarding the switch because they were like. We can't have the kids sympathizing with the serial killer. But, like, do you feel like you're sympathizing with a killer while you're watching the show? Or does he feel like a punisher, like an anti-hero, you know? See, I always have complex feelings about those type of characters. Because, which we've talked about that before, whenever you've been irritated with things or whatever, you've been like... Really want to punch that person? I'm like, but you can't punch that person. Yeah. So no, it's my go-to move. Is I used to be a violent motherfucker. My dad died. I smoked a gang of weed, and uh, now I'm a little more balanced. I've, I've, <laughs> I've thought through some things in my perspective, but occasionally I will fly off the handle and be like, "We should go in there and strangle that gas station attendant <laughs> to death," because I did not want the blue bubble gum. <laughs> <laughs> not a good reason. Um, but no, I always have complex feelings about those type of characters because in my own personal life I never feel like violence is the answer I get sometimes do you feel violence I've been like angry enough to where you could be like I would do this but I know I shouldn't do this so I'm not gonna do this I've been angry enough before for sure that I've wanted to hit people definitely I've never been angry enough to want to take someone else's life. Like, I've never felt that level of rage. Yeah. Um, I am not... That has to be beautiful. <laughs> I feel it like 15 times in a Walmart where I was like, if this grandma with her fucking little kidney machine doesn't get out of my way, I'm going to beat her to death with her little kidney machine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've definitely felt like... It's not real. I'm not going to act on it, but yeah, it flies no, no. through my head hilarious no. ways to kill this grandma <laughs> to call myself back. No, no I, I mean, I've felt... Irritation a lot. Yeah. Like I, I definitely, if I'm in a weird mood for the day, get irritated far too easily. Um, I've definitely felt enough anger to want to cause someone else harm. Yeah. I guess in some way. You're getting married to me. <laughs> I imagine most of your life is like I should just kill him while he's asleep. There's a gun in the nightstand. No, <laughs> I've never been that, like I've never felt that way towards you. But yeah, no, I've never felt the level of intense even for just like a passing moment rage yeah. I guess that I wanted to literally end someone else's life um, and I don't agree with the death penalty either so 
on my end, it's a very complex feeling of like, I understand that sometimes violence is a necessary evil and sometimes yeah. violence gets things done that wouldn't have gotten done otherwise. But um, I have a hard time reconciling that it's ever really okay. Because I'm no, like, how, you. like, on yeah. in my mind, like, when I think of characters like Dexter or whatever, it's like, how are you really then any different? Shouldn't somebody come kill you because you've killed someone else? Well, if that's, that's kind the... of the point of the show. Yeah. Is that he's constantly grappling with this internal struggle. He tries to get away from it. He Later on in the show, um, he gets sent to, uh, is it Narcotics Anonymous? Like, because Rita eventually thinks that the reason that he stays out late is that he's a heroin addict. And so <laughs> it, it's compared to, like, this compulsion to do a dangerous drug, and he tries to stop doing it for, you know, a whole season. But it, it, the complexity of the character, because I, I root for that. Yeah. If I, you know, I, I don't want to put any ideas in anybody's minds, take this as satire if you're looking at it from a legal standpoint. Um, I would have no issue if there was a serial killer operating in my neighborhood who only killed pedophiles because I kind of want to kill a gang of pedophiles. <laughs> I'd be like, go, you go. You know, I'd start posting on his Facebook messenger if I could find him and be like, hey, you can find one at 107 Maple Avenue or whatever the fuck. <laughs> no, I, I do appreciate the complexity of characters like that, though, yeah. for sure. I, I don't necessarily feel like I can wholly separate the fact that on some level you are rooting for a killer. Mm -hmm. Like, like obviously, he is, I guess, technically the hero of the story, so you're supposed to sympathize with him and kind yeah. of be on his side. But the waters are so muddied. It's such yeah. a compelling character. Yeah, so I, I appreciate that. I like complex characters. I'm a big fan of characters that are, like, struggling with certain mm -hmm. situations that kind of, like, pull them in different directions. So I do like that. On some level, I would be like, oh, but he's also a killer, though. <laughs> yeah, but he's killing all the right people. So as long as he just keeps killing... All, I mean, like, if he fucked off and, like, killed a five-year-old girl or some shit, I'd be like, Dexter's a bastard. It's a bit ballsy, but though. I wish Dexter would have got his hands on Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit ballsy, though, to have a child admit up front in the pilot that he killed a dog because it was annoying him because it was keeping his mother up at night. Yep. Like, that's not really quite a good reason to kill a dog. Like, oh, it was... It was annoying mom, so I had to put it yeah. into it. So that's... But it falls in line psychologically with serial killers in the homicidal triad, which is animal abuse, fire, and bedwetting. Yeah, no, definitely, yeah. I agree. But I meant to throw that up front in the pilot could definitely distance some people for feeling sympathy for the main character yeah. straight off the bat. It's like, you killed a dog? What? Well, I, I think it does the opposite. I think it any blame that you would feel... Um, that you would want to place on Dexter immediately becomes blame that you place on his father if you have an issue with what he's doing. Because his dad is a police officer, doesn't turn him in right away, doesn't seek out a psychologist, teaches him how to kill, and then teaches him how to kill the right people. Yeah, and like that weird conversation where they were like, I thought we had agreed you would only kill animals. I was like, yeah. I don't think that was how you should have handled that. No, his dad understood, what, and that develops as we go along as well, but his dad understood you know, that this is what my son is. I'm not going to send my son to jail. I'm just going to try to push him on the right path and try to push this energy into something that frustrates me, which is criminals being let out uh, for horrific offenses. I mean, Dexter's not out there killing your weed dealer. You know, <laughs> he's killing like the pedophile who got off on a technicality. Have you seen uh, Law Abiding Citizen? 
with yeah. um, Jamie Foxx and Gerard Butler. I don't think so. That is a, a great example of a complex character that reminds me a lot of Dexter. You'd love the movie, and I think I have the DVD. Uh, Gerard Butler, his wife and child are raped and murdered in front of him, and then the guys that did it get off on a technicality. And it's two and a half hours of Gerard Butler uh, basically fucking up our legal system. He immediately kills the guy who raped and murdered his family. Um, but then goes after the DA and the hmm. fucking prosecuting people and, you know, the defense people and the judge and all the jurors. Like, he just... <laughs> he's like the, the guy who guarded the cell. He gets himself arrested and, like, takes out a dude in jail. <laughs> goes hardcore. In it's the a bit much. Yeah, well, he gets arrested halfway through the movie and then continues killing people outside the prison and it becomes this really interesting psychological thriller hmm. as to how far as he planned his revenge Does against the it? legal system. I think so. If you do, we should it, do that tonight. I love law-abiding citizen. That is an interesting yes, yeah. But it, you you can muddy the waters so much, right. like with the Punisher character, or even. John Q. He doesn't kill John, anyone. John Q. is a, a beautiful fucking example. Now My I kid buy, is dying of cancer. I buy a John Q. I feel like I would hold... Hostages. Someone hostage yeah. so that my kid could get treatment if I didn't have the money yeah. and no one would see my kid. And stepping away from it, you could see how that character, just told from the policeman's perspective, would look a lot like Mindhunter in the pilot to Mindhunter, where the guy's holding the hostages and then shoots himself in the head with the shotgun while he's trying to talk the dude down. You remember that? Is that in Mindhunter? It's right before the credits in the very first one. No, I don't remember that. Huh? Yeah, he's holding the hostages, and then the main guy comes over with the bullhorn, and then he's like, Fuck that! Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. And then they get, they dive into that main character and how he's trained in behavioralism. But, like, you could look at it from the policeman and John Q's perspective, and that's the level of insane that Denzel's character would have been. God bless Denzel, by the way. I know I'm a little all over <laughs> Um, for doing this during these protests and stuff, he stopped a homeless man from the police. Huh. Yeah, the homeless guy was freaking out and he was hyper agitated and the cops were getting aggravated with him and Denzel Washington was apparently just driving down the street, stopped and talked the homeless man down to go into custody without oh. harm. So I had not heard that story. God bless all. Denzel Washington. God bless uh, anybody who's out there right now doing the protesting. I don't <laughs> like be safe. Yeah. As safe as you can be. You know? During a pandemic and yeah. kind of high tension times. Yeah. Be it's a good time to there. wear a mask if you're out there protesting. <laughs> It'll make you a lot less identifiable. Get a mistakes for made bandana and <laughs> run right into the fucking target. <laughs> but yeah, even that, complex characters, complex times. Yeah, considering we're definitely seeing an increase in numbers, we're definitely going into a second wave. Complex times for a while. Mm -hmm. So, uh. Scarface, Tony Montana. You feel sympathy at all for him at any point in the movie? Do you feel like you're rooting for him when no. he says, Say hello to Because he's such a friend. dick. What about no. Michael Corleone, Godfather, just taking over the family business, but while his son is being baptized, he's having like ten people murdered. Yeah, I mean, okay, that's a bit different, but like, 
they don't in Scarface they don't make his character ever they, they pleasant. They never make him sympathetic. Yeah, he's they just never make him nice. a hustler. <laughs> so like if if the character I think that's where my line gets drawn if the character themselves doesn't seem to have any empathy mm-hmm. towards anyone else it's like how can you really feel empathy towards them? But Dexter feels no empathy. Yeah, so I don't know. I, that again, might be why you... That, didn't love the pilot. <laughs> didn't love the pilot. Not I'll, I'll revisit it. Probably not tonight. Did not go back over here to my... Let me stare. Jigsaw. No, that's, no. it's too violent. I, my problem too with violent. Jigsaw's character... Um, no, I, 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 I think the violence serves its own purpose because he's trying to prove a point. But that you should value life, but it opens with Amanda, a heroin addict. Like she did not deserve the same treatment as the people who were like, "I found out you raped thirty little kids. Here's a razor wire fucking jungle gym." Well, there's quite a few people. Even like the doctor who accidentally gets the scans wrong. It's like that was an honest mistake for someone. Yeah, for someone who probably works 12 plus hour days like to be like oh you deserve to suffer because you messed yeah. up like that's a bit jigsaw's a little hit and miss yeah some of the victims are really honestly not deserving mm-hmm. of the situation <laughs> <laughs> but the ones i had written down here um and then realized that you're not familiar with them at the level that i am then i should have written down some that we've got over together so i'm happy we had you know a little back and forth <laughs> Um, I've got Gemma Tellermaro from Sons of Anarchy, Jax's mom. Another show I never got around yep. to. Uh, at the beginning, she's like the backbone of the family. She's trying to keep Jax and um, Jax's stepdad, who killed his dad. Um, she's trying to like hold the whole unit together in the MC, and by the end, she becomes the tyrant. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see her go through stages all the way through. So... Like, complexity is in, like, levels to the character. Like, you sympathize, you lose sympathy, you gain sympathy. By the time she dies, you're like, no, don't, no, just forgive her, dude. You know? Assuming it's on your list, but Walter White? Walter White from Breaking Bad. He's got cancer, goes into meth, rules the world of meth, turns into an absolute shithead, has to reverse it all at the last moment for Jesse. I don't know. Actually, I do know, because we've talked about it before, and the... You haven't seen that series. I don't know if you're familiar with the concept at all, but Weeds. I can't remember what Mm -hmm. the mom's character is, but very similar to Walter White. May have even probably ripped off that premise a bit. Except she sells weed. Uh, yeah. (laughs) She's not selling crystal meth. Do not equate marijuana and meth. Well, no. It's like earlier in the show, I admitted to smoking weed. (laughs) Don't make me sound like a meth I meant storyline. They probably, honestly, if we're being real probably ripped off Breaking Bad which mm-hmm. I have not seen Breaking Bad and I dropped off a of weeds after like two seasons I think but um Breaking Bad you won't like like the first three episodes and then you'll but it, it's just because they're developing this massive plot for three whole episodes yeah. and then you're like oh now we're off to the races yeah but the mom character in weeds has two children I think one's like a teenager yeah. and one's kind of younger and her husband dies mm-hmm. um and they live in, like, a really nice, like, middle-class, middle-America home yeah. that she can't afford because I think she was a stay-at-home mom. So that's how she starts taking care of her family initially is just kind of, like, peddling weed, like, on the side. Yeah. And then it gets to her head. She starts making way too much money, and she kind of turns into a bit of a drug kingpin herself. And I think she 
if I'm remembering right, starts dabbling in other drugs as well. Yeah. Um, I've never seen weeds. I've not, I just know that it's about a pot dealing, you know, soccer mom. But very similar premise. Yeah. She's just trying to keep her family afloat and then corrupts herself. So maybe that's something you know to think about as well. Is there's always a justification to do something terrible, you know, inside of our own heads. We've all done it. We've always, I mean, we might not run a meth empire, be like the queen of a motorcycle MC or sell pot on the side to, you know, take care of your family. But you've always done something that was shitty that you reflect on later and you're like, I was kind of an ass to fight that dude in that bar that night. But I felt justified when it happened. And then you just expound on the consequences of the action. But I think that's the point, though. Like when you remember to pause and reflect, like, you're less likely to be corruptible. So, Mm -hmm. like, I feel like that's why, like, and this is a bit of a topic change and a bit of a stretch, but I feel like that's why you always hear these stories about people who win the lottery. Their lives just go horribly (laughs) wrong. They end up bankrupt, like, way worse off than they were when they uh, were before they won the lottery because somebody suddenly handed this mass amount of responsibility that they didn't know how to deal with to begin with and things just get out of control versus Mm -hmm. like a Stephen King type person who amassed wealth over his career and he is an odd dude. Run over by a van and loses his ability to sip. (laughs) It's a bit of an odd dude, but I feel like... Or, or J.K. Rowling with Harry yeah. Potter. like Or James Patterson, who apparently was living right next door to Jeffrey Epstein and didn't put the fucking pieces together. Where are you, dude? You've been writing novels about this exact dude for years. But these are people that, like, slowly, like, stepped into this world. And I feel like on some level when you come from, or even Eminem, you know, you yeah. come from rags to riches, like, a part of you still keeps that humble beginning, so as long as you remember to pause and reflect... Even if it's just for don't. the use of anger to keep it going. Yeah. yeah. Like, if you if you take time to reflect on your beginnings or, like, the consequences of actions or whatever, you don't become how, a corruptible character. How about a complex character that doesn't sound anything like Dexter, but is kind of like Dexter? What about Bruce Wayne? Yeah, but he doesn't what kill. What about the Batman? He's an asshole in real, like, in his social life, but he doesn't kill, though. What about like, Joker? Joker's a psychopath. <laughs> Can you blame him for that? Came from the same circumstances, except he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't chuck Batman in with the rest, because Batman's, like, core principle is he doesn't kill people. <laughs> this, you know. And all the Joker wants to do is to be killed by Batman. While killing everything else around him. He's just trying to piss Batman. <laughs> but no, it, 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 it passed through my head. It, it, it is a vigilante character, but if you found out that a dude in a ski mask was running around at night beating the shit out of random people, it came out of a story um, on a subway in New York City. I can't remember the guy's name right now, but he gunned down like three black guys for trying to steal his wallet, just pulled out a thirty-eight, and was like, fuck everybody. <laughs> and... They saw him in New York City as a vigilante for standing up against the crime, and that's kind of what birthed the Batman. Hmm. If I'm got it in my head correctly, I might be off way, way off. It might be the Punisher (laughs) origin. I I know that that happened. I know that some dude gunned down. I think it's like Benny Getz or some shit, and that might even be somebody who got arrested in 08. I'm having beers. Um, (laughs) My next uh, person that I had, uh, Tony Soprano. I haven't seen The Sopranos, so... Well, you knew that. You're not... I thought we'd... 
Oh, I did, I did bring up earlier that you've not I'd, even seen yeah, the pilot. I said I had seen bits of it. Um, and my only other one I've got on here is just because I love this show right up until Kevin Spacey got arrested. Um, or not arrested, but kicked out of being a person you're allowed to like. <laughs> uh, Frank Underwood in the House of Cards. I haven't seen that either. Okay. <laughs> I'm just Very un- complex un- characters. Uncultured. Uncultured. Uncultured swine. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, you're good. Uh, what other ones can we think of? Because that's basically my show notes. We could dive back into how things age one way or the other, or uh, talk about characters, or maybe a mix of the two. Is there a character that at one point made perfect sense, and now it's like, holy hell, that's a sex offender? Well, I was actually <laughs> reading an article about that this Grab morning um, while you were still in bed. Uh, oh shit! Yeah, yeah. It was an article about movies that didn't age well, and I can't offhand really remember any of them except for um, I think The Breakfast Club was on there, and one of the characters just like picks on one of the girls the whole time yeah. and is like saying sexual innuendo and being yeah. condescending and stuff. He has to hide them. underneath her desk when the principal yeah. runs in, and then he starts putting his head between her thighs, yeah. and she clamps his head shut. And then ends yeah. up getting the girl anyway. Mm-hmm. And there were, like, a couple of movies like that. Oh, Waterboy was on there, too, because, I mean, Waterboy's a comedy, but they are basically making fun of a mentally challenged person yeah. the entire movie. Um, so, yeah, there was, like, a lot of movies that were talking about that that didn't age well culturally. I don't necessarily fault to those type of movies mm-hmm. per se. Revenge of the Nerds where they like raped a girl. Yeah that, was, yeah, that was on there too. Animal House, good luck. <laughs> Can't make um, that again. And I, I don't necessarily fault stuff that doesn't stay culturally yeah. relevant. Birth because... of a Nation, not a good look. <laughs> Kristen's well, favorite film. Shut up! <laughs> I watched it in film school because it was a requirement. You're such a dick sometimes. You're not culturally relevant. Um... <laughs> Agreed, and that's why I can say shit like that. What are they gonna take away You're from me? Jerk. My one bedroom apartment, <laughs> my two foot grill. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> anyways, yeah, I don't necessarily fault movies that don't stay culturally relevant because culturally, when they were made, things like that yeah, weren't so made frowned sense. upon. Um, I think my thing that I think is curious though is. I feel like other mediums besides film don't necessarily, like, because of the content itself don't age well. Like, Dexter, for instance, I was just like, man, this looks so bad the it whole time. It looks bad, yeah. The whole time we were watching it, I was like, it looks real dumb. And, like, with books and stuff like that, like, topics, if you were, like promoting, you know, killing black people or promoting homophobia yeah. or whatever, of course that obviously wouldn't age well. But I only like... do that under my pen name. <laughs> oh, Brett. Philip, um, Philip Whitestein or some <laughs> shit. <laughs> but, like, writing styles and, like, yeah. stuff like that don't necessarily, like, go out of style, you know? Yeah, they do. In what way? Uh, I hate Shakespeare. Nobody uh, well, writes like that. Well, that's... It's terrible. Uh, <laughs> Dialect will, will, changed. William S. Burroughs in The Naked Lunch could not release that today. It would not do as well. I read uh, half of it, and I, I was like, this is fucked. How was it? Like, what was wrong with it? It was uh, very homophobic. It was very... Like, if I'm remembering it right, it might be the opposite. It might have been too gay for me to wrap my fucking brain around, and maybe I need to go back to it. But uh, it, it was beatnik and surreal 
beautiful, beautiful imagery of the most disturbing things that you would ever imagine, but they don't work. It's like you'd have to be on acid, and so much acid that you were on William S. Burroughs' levels of acid, you know, uh, whereas it works for Hunter S. Thompson, it doesn't work for Burroughs, in my own opinion. Um, almost anything I read in college. I have a I have a firm stance. There's only like five to ten things that were written before 1970 that you have any fucking business even trying to read because it was a different world. It just it, it it didn't work. Then the 60s happened. Vietnam happened and. Now it's like 9-11 happened. Does anything before 2001 make sense? Maybe like 1989 is the cutoff mark for the next generation. They're not going to understand Hunter Thompson because they didn't live through the 90s. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I take that back. Reading's going out of style entirely. So. Reading's going completely out of style. People are like, do you want a Kindle? And it's like, no, I want a library. Oh, you want a library? you got to pay me $75 to get a little drawer set that would have cost you 10 bucks because we only make 5 of these fucking things a year because nobody reads. <laughs> Feeling some type of way. Yeah, Edgar Allan Poe. Who gives a shit about the Raven, bro? Oh. Get out of here, bro. No, the fucking... <laughs> Hamlet has been retold better in Sons of Anarchy. You don't have the patience to watch Sons of Anarchy. That's how I know writing goes out of style. <laughs> Sons of Anarchy. There are so many shows we haven't finished. You won't even let me do uh, Stranger Things. I keep telling you I want to do Stranger Things and you won't do that with me because you're like, well, we haven't finished Peaky Blinders yet. No, we haven't. So we don't get to start no, a new show on I'm your saying. end. No, it's hard enough keeping up with film. Peaky Blinders is another complex character. Yeah. one. Tommy Shelby just trying to take care of his family, but will fuck your entire life up. But he gets too ambitious. Gets too ambitious. He's like a Sherlock's, a whole Sherlock's, Sherlock Holmes-esque bad guy. He's like, I thought all this through already. You can't get ahead of me. I'm king of the chessboard. Move. He didn't think through almost getting himself shot in a ditch, though. That definitely caught him off guard. Yeah, and that's why you get that beautiful moment where he gets out of the ditch and he's coming to fucking pieces because it's like, oh, shit, I'm not invincible. It's like somebody actually caught up to me. Yeah. Um, Are you out? You done? Yeah, I ran out of notes. <laughs> um, but it all comes back to a thing I said the other night when I was drinking. It says, uh, you can't rewrite a novel. You can remake the shit out of films. How many different Halloweens are there? How many times have they rebooted Superman? <laughs> I wonder... I could never redo Cormac McCarthy's The Road. I wonder what's the line, though, because there have been, which was something we were talking about before I got in the bath, there have been people that have tried to sample work, like technically Fifty Shades of Grey is a fan fiction of Twilight. I've never read either, so I'm not sure what the tie-in is. It just people wanted Edward and What's-Her-Nuts to fuck harder? I think, if I'm remembering right, which I haven't read Fifty Shades of Grey either, and I've only read like one Twilight book, but I think if I'm remembering the story right, because there was like an article about it, um, that was kind of how it started. Like she was writing her own fan fiction of 
the characters of Twilight and it kind of morphed into she made her own story with separate characters because obviously you can't. All she was steal thinking characters. about was how hard those people. Yeah, fought. that was <laughs> that yeah. was it. I've so, never read either one of them, but I can. I just saw the first movie, the Twilight movie, not the Fifty Shades movie, because if I want to watch bondage porn, I just watch bondage porn. <laughs> One of my major takeaway when I read that too was like that's all she thought about. She just thought, "How big is Edward's dick?" And well, her, like she's a, like, "I'm Team Edward." There is <laughs> like a weird scene in Twilight where right after Edward and Bella get married, they go on their honeymoon, and Bella's still human, and she like coaxes Edward into having sex with her if she marries him. Because like, yeah, it's weird. It's that's a weird, a little backwards. Yeah, it's weird. Because like, she's she's feeling. Because Edward's, you know, immortal because he's a vampire, and I can't believe we're having it's a, a little discussion. Weird. Yeah, it's a little weird that I can only remember the dude's name from Twilight Zone. But everybody screamed, you know, Team Edward or Team Ravenclaw or whatever. <laughs> Team Ravenclaw. <laughs> can't believe we're talking about Twilight at all on this podcast, so feel free to tune out for the next minute. But uh, Edward's immortal, like, doesn't age because he's a vampire, and Bella's still a human, so she's hit the point where she's actually... Bella. Bella, yeah, that's the girl. I knew it began with a B, and I was like... <laughs> flipping through all the bees in my brain. Yeah, so Bella's hit the point where she is actual, literal, age-wise, older than Edward, even though he's, like, centuries older than her in actuality. And so she's, like, self-conscious about the fact that she's getting older and also self-conscious about the fact that she's just graduated high school and Mm -hmm. she wants to experience all these things in life that she hasn't got to do yet. Um, It's like, rule number one, get dicked down by a vampire. Yeah. So she she wants him to turn she wants him to turn her into a vampire so she can't age anymore and she'll stay his age because she's like you're not gonna love me anymore when I'm old and he thinks that they don't have souls anymore that you lose your soul because they're monsters so he doesn't want to turn her into a vampire because he doesn't want to steal her soul from her yeah so she cons him into having sex with her but he says his stipulation because he's old fashioned is that they have to get married first so they get married. And then he's supposed to turn her into a vampire. But so she, she always looks the way that she looks on the wedding night? That's uh, beautiful. Well, he, he doesn't turn her into a vampire until way later on. But oh, like she, was, that would have been the yeah, fucking move. No. I've not even read the book. <laughs> There's a writer's note from a person who's not even read your fucking novel, Miss. Oh, no, she wants to Thinks have, too much about vampire cock. She wants to have sex before <laughs> they turn. So then there's this weird scene where he's like, I could hurt you. And then yeah, she's a breaks, virgin, and you're a three hundred year old vampire. You're gonna well, blow her guts su- out her butt. He's super strong, and so he breaks the bed. And I'd imagine that's totally where Fifty Shades of Grey came in, where she's like, "Yeah, they had really hot sex, and he broke the headboard." <laughs> now I'm gonna go write a fan fiction about it. Yeah, no, women writing erotica is hilarious. <laughs> Men writing female characters are hilarious. Fifty Shades was also on the list of things that didn't age well because they said it was an insult to the BDSM community because it wasn't an accurate representation. It is. And And it was uh, immediately shot down as like a Me Too thing where it was like all these women were pissed off that, you know, their bosses were flirting with them and simultaneously buying multiple copies of a secretary who's basically being, you know, forcibly raped by yeah, her boss. Well, yeah, well, that was something the article was talking about, like, his manipulative nature aside, which I haven't seen the movie either, so I don't really know. I'd like, 
I know what I've heard about him, and that's about it, to I, be yeah, fair. It, it also, but, I've not read the book. I've not seen the film. I just, I've read, and I've listened to people who have read it. But she also has, like, a moment where I guess she tries to reject him, and he's like, oh, your body language is telling me yeah, something else. That's and not like, your safe word. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, well, basically, <laughs> like, that's what the article was talking about, that it negates the importance of the safe word because he doesn't accept it when she says no. Yeah. And then also... It's not really how BDSM culture works. Not so. at all. <laughs> but that was another one on the list that they were like, yeah, maybe not. Maybe not the right move. There's a lot of stand-up comedy that doesn't hold up, and I love watching that I feel that like shit. maybe none of them do, really, honestly. But <laughs> That's hardcore debatable. Most of them don't, because most comics are trying to push the edge of what's acceptable for the time anyway. Yeah. Well, that's why, you know, like, you're Lenny Bruce's like Lenny Bruce is a legend. George Carlin is a legend. Um, I'm not taking anything away from Carlin's work while I was alive, but I own Class Clown. I have to be in a particular mood to listen to Class Meanwhile, Clown. He was alive. No, while I was alive, because I remember. You're still alive. I, Carlin is dead. So <laughs> I, the the okay. specials he launched while I was alive. You, Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Uh, you're there with me now? No, I the why? Like his later shit where like he opens up and he's like, I'm a broken man with a broken plan. Like that whole special is beautiful where he talks about prison executions. He has like 12 minutes and one of them is like, we should just launch pedophiles at the prison wall with a catapult. Still makes me giggle my ass. After so. you were born would have been a less confusing that's, phrasing. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> the way. But like Lenny Bruce, I wasn't around the entire time Bruce was... You know, around, but he is the guy who like kicked the door open and said, "Fuck you guys! I think this is hilarious. I'm gonna say this." Lenny Bruce's entire career, there are two jokes that I like, and there's only one joke that I can name, which is his cocksucker joke. He's like, "So I'm standing there, right? I'm standing in front of the judge, and the judge says, "So did you say blah blah blah?" And I said, "Blah blah blah." <laughs> Not only is that a woman I'd love, that's a woman I'd marry. <laughs> But it's just a joke about sodomy. (laughs) Just say, most comedians are intentionally pushing the limits of what's acceptable. Of the exact moment. Most specials probably don't age that well. No. I don't know. A thing to think about. Complex people. Complex characters. This was actually kind of on par. Like, this was, uh, as, as for around the world as this whole episode kind of felt, like, we... We stuck to one subject. We stuck to it tightly. We kicked ass. We took names. We talked about BDSM. We talked about blah, blah, blah. We talked about Tony Soprano and Walter White. We fucking rolled that shit all the way back to camping. Reeled it in. We are. (laughs) Reeling it in. That's the title. We are complex characters. And you guys are complex yourselves. And just remember that sometimes. Like, you might have an issue out there, you know, with uh, one part of your personality or another. Um, You might be afraid of the situation that you're in right now. You might feel, you know, like a little uh, detrimental which way you're going to step left or right. Just be able to justify it to yourself and you're going to be cool. Everything's going to be fine. My uh, personal way of looking at life because I am not religious um, is basically I think we're all God so. <laughs> is basically mm-hmm. boiled down to the phrase that you're the one who has to live with yourself mm-hmm. so. 
keep that in mind. Protest away. Burn this shit down. And in the meantime, you can find us over at... I don't know. There are a lot of places you can find I, us. I was hoping you were just going <laughs> to... Nightmareboxproductions at gmail. Dot com. Shoot us an email. Shoot us... Ooh, gmail. Shoot us an email. <laughs> Told us where we failed in our discussion of characters. <laughs> Tell Brett where his the rapping skills... The breakfast... <laughs> where his rapping skills should maybe remain a secondary hobby and not a career. Yeah, and you can take a picture of yourself in your own home studio at Instagram at... At Nightmare Box Productions. Or write your own little two bars. Hashtag Two Bar Tuesday. Fucking come at me. I'm going to write the rap for you every goddamn Tuesday. You can tweet that over at... At Nightmare Box Pro. Or you can swing on over to YouTube.com slash Kristen Pennington see some of Kristen's earlier works or YouTube.com slash Nightmare Box Productions. Yeah. Um, um, where you can see the dolls, you can see Happy Birthday, you can see the one that we're about to drop that we yes, still don't have a title I, for. I have the next several days off, so it will be up very soon. And you'll be able to see the one that I'm going to be writing in the next several days, in all likelihood on our mini camping trip, because I'm going to go batshit if I can't go fishing. <laughs> uh, or you can go to facebook.com and just take a break away from all the covid and from all the protests and like if you're you know black white hispanic but you know hispanic latino hispanic asian you know like i love all you guys and you can hit us up on facebook at I said it already. Facebook.com slash Nightmare Baxter Productions. Um, or you can waltz to the website. The Nightmare Box dot blog. <laughs> where, you, where, you can, where you can watch <laughs> the dolls and happy birthday. You can see all our behind the scenes pictures. You can read like all the stories and all that shit and that I scripts. need to get back to doing. And like the podcast RSS feeds over there too, I believe. And um, eventually, one of these days, when I figure out how in the hell to solve my problem, you'll be able to buy the Madman Diaries down at the bottom right. But until then, you can find that on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, or you can send us an email. Send me ten dollars. I'll send it to you, even if it costs twelve, fifteen dollars to get it to you. I'll lose money so you can read this book. So, shoot us an email. Let us know what's up. Is that everything? Yeah. Get all the plugs out of the yeah. way. You ready to make some motherfucking salmon? Yeah. Gonna fight the world. Be all kinds of complex. Probably just gonna turn the AC on and. I'm gonna make be some complex salmon. in my complex. <laughs> That took a minute, so I, I got a complex in my... Complex? <laughs> no. You guys don't deserve it. I'm coming at you with the bars on Tuesday. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, sweetheart. I love you. And I love you guys, and we'll talk to you next week.